Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Celtics stuff live. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. I'm your host, Justin Poulin. Joining me, as always, John Duke. And there's only four games left in this Celtics season. Thank God. I am so ready for this one to end. Bring on the postseason. They call it the second season. Hopefully, it's a second chance at a season. Uh, that's all I'll say about that, John. But, you know, the Celtics wind up losing one in the last week to the Nets. They obviously uh, almost lost one to Miami, which is crazy when they had a 36-point first quarter, um, had a 20-plus, I think it was, what, 21 in its largest lead, something like that. And uh, and still that team got really close at the end. I don't understand how the Celtics keep – kind of letting that dwindle away. Even even the Nets loss with all the injuries was sort of acceptable to me. I wasn't really that upset about that one. And I'm more upset about the Miami win than I am about the Nets loss. That's crazy. Well, uh, to me, it's the, the combination of the two really work together to, to aggravate. It's, it's not – it's the predictable – uh, negative outcome that's unavoided. It's the car crash that you see it coming in slow motion, and yet seemingly these Celtics are powerless to to change the outcome. As fans, we watch it and we see it happening, and it's happening around us. You know, it's Dragic getting getting free and getting an open shot here, and there's no pressure on the ball. He gets an alley oop. You know, he, he you know it's. It's D'Angelo Russell game free for a couple floaters. Then he gets going. Then everybody's making shots. I mean, that's the, that's the thing about this. It's the predictable nature of it. It's that we see this happen over and over and over and over again. We keep beating our head against the brick wall and nothing seems to change. Nothing seems to ever go differently other than the, you know, other than the fact that we know the Celtics are going to lose the game and we know the question is who is going to be most at fault that game? Will it be Rozier? Will it be Marcus Morris? You know, will it be Brad Stevens? It's just continuous. It's the same nightmare happening over and over again and we can't change it. Uh, you know, Freddy Krueger was a better bedside fellow than what we're seeing from Marcus Morris and Terry Rozier. Like. So, so Nick texts me in the middle of the Nets game. And he's like, you know, it's th- games like this. Da, 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 da. 
And I go, I'm not even watching. I tapped out. I tapped out on the season. Like I, uncle, I just can't, I can't even do it. I mean, I did watch, uh, I did watch, um, the Miami game. I watched the Pacers game. I watched some of the Cleveland game. I, you know, Saturday night, I had better things to do. I mean, I'm just being honest, dude. This, this team to watch them until the postseason, it just feels like such a waste of my time. Uh, even I, they're not even holding my attention. It's, it's like, and like you said, like in the Miami game, it's like they have that huge lead. And uh, I think the week, the, what game was it the week before last? They had a huge lead and I was like, just wait till they piss it away. And they did in that game. They actually lost it. They didn't with Miami, but you know, it's the thing, like you said, Charlotte. the self-fulfilling prophecy with Charlotte. That's right. Yeah. Like I just knew that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think the Tempo. Celtics know it's going to happen too. And that's why. It's like, it's just time. Like, you know, Gordon Hayward has shown flashes since coming back from the, the concussion. And, you know, Jalen Brown obviously hurt against Miami, but he's been aggressive. Like there are these little flashes of what it could be that it's not. And, um, and, and I'm just hoping that, you know, all of a sudden they, they turn it on as they like to say in that, in that postseason. But this, this year, this year has got, just like a fart stench all over it. It's just, you know, I, I it, like uh, the the kind of fart that gets into the cushions of your couch and the smell never comes out. Like it's, I, I just don't. There's something raunchy about this year. Something really raunchy, and it's yeah. it's 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 really been it's been a hard season to watch. You so wanted to like this team. And like this, this roster and the makeup and the potential and the, and the, the ability of what they could accomplish as a group. And for a number of reasons, uh, it, it just never came to be. And it's seemingly the closer we're getting to the, to the playoffs, there's no desire at this point to show anything different. And if, any, and if anything, it's probably to be more of the same and more of who they are than anything else. I mean, that's, that's the, the challenging part is it's one thing if you, know, you had a bad finish, you know, bad start to the season. We all recognize that, but this finish has been worse than those first 20 games are. <laughs> the Celtics are nine and 11 since the all-star break. There's just no passion. Nine and 11. There's just no passion. All-star break. I know. Who was it? Was it Sailboat Studios that said to me at the all-star break, this is the way they were last year. Remember they went on that run? Well, this team, like I said, they just have that raunchy stench about them. And it's just, you know, it's so hard to believe. It's so hard to, and come on, nobody was more of a, you know, bandwagon, not bandwagon, that's not the right term. Nobody was behind this team and more of a Kool-Aid drinking, let's go kind of guy than me. I mean, this is seriously the worst I've sounded in the near, you know, 13, 14 years we've been doing this show. I- I've never been this negative about a season. And, uh, the- and there's been times where I'm like, keep the faith. You know, remember back when we would champion the cause, like they'd hit these down slopes and you and I would say, no, just hang in there. There's flashes in here. There's flashes in here. You can see what they can, they can be. Stay optimistic. But all we're seeing right now in so many ways for me is what they can't be. Uh, you know, yeah. everything that they can't be is what they are. And I, and I really do. I, here's the other thought that crossed my mind, John, is even if they start to turn it around in the postseason, 
how much of me is going to turn around and get behind it? You know, that's, that's, and you know, it's easy to say, Oh, I'm negative right now. And I won't get caught up in it. Like I could definitely get caught up in it once the team is, especially if they're having fun out there when they're starting to turn it around. And, you know, I can see myself getting like swung back into it, but then there's this other side of me that is like, now, no, because I just, there's a part of me that is so irritated, you know, with the general demeanor of the club. And then there's the other part of me that is like, don't worry, dude, because that's not going to happen. They're a second round exit and don't you sweat it. I think you would be, I think it'd be 2010 all over again, honestly. We went through this, you know, you, you and I did this. <laughs> we, we did it nine years ago, right? I mean, in terms of. But we of, didn't hate we the were. team. Oh, we, we did. We're not we did. Uh, no, no, man. We did. We, we did? hated them. Are you we sure hated we hated them? them? We I'm were. Pretty sure mad. you hated them. <laughs> okay. Maybe I was more mad than anybody, but I was mad. I was mad online. I was mad on podcasting. I was mad everywhere about this. And they were because you knew what they were, you, you saw what they were capable of until they, when they were fully healthy. This is different because you felt like, well, has something passed them by in 2010? This isn't, that's not the case here. It's, they're blowing their opportunity as young players. You know, if they don't understand what they, what, what, that they may not have this opportunity to play with a team as talented as this. Right. I mean, it, it, that's what it seems to me is that no one recognizes the situation they're in and how, how finite. Yeah. How finite this whole thing is. And, you know, somebody could be gone in an instant and they're thinking, Oh, I got this long career and this is where it could end up. And there's nobody on that roster to kind of, yeah, say, how hey, come look, Gordon Hayward isn't the rallying over. cry? You know, how, how near his, the end of his career was that injury? I mean, there were people saying you don't come back from that after that happened. And, you know, quite frankly, he hasn't fully come back from that yet. So, um, that, that, sh- that kind of fragility, I guess maybe that's what they rallied around last year, but it didn't carry into this season. Well, yeah, but it, I also think you've got so many people that have their own deal. That that's paramount, you know. I mean, how much money has Marcus Morris made in his career? How much money has Terry Rozier made in his career? Let's look at Terry's background, right? I mean, dad's in prison, mom raises son, um, tough part of Cleveland or Akron, um, or excuse me, Youngstown. 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 I was just going to correct three one seven. Akron, Akron, get right, get it right. Yeah, nobody's from Cleveland. No one's from uh, Cleveland, right? (laughs) But you know, so I mean, he's he's figuring. You know, I've got a little bit of endorsement money. I've coming off this thing. I've got a chance to make it big, and you know, and it's not the. It's not like any of these guys have skills that have eroded. You know, it's just their ability to connect and buy in. You know, and that's the only thing is you know we're getting to the end here, and we're getting to playoff type you know, situations in regular season. No, it's not the postseason, but like those situations. And it, it doesn't seem that we're seeing any difference in, in how they're interacting. Uh, you know, the fact that Brad is trying to move more to a, a two-man game between Horford and Kyrie makes a lot of sense. It certainly worked in the Indiana game. You know, that drive to finish to the basket was predicated off of two-man game. And then, you know, the fact that you had Tatum in the corner and, and they couldn't help off of him. They had other help, but you couldn't help off because you had so much else there. If that's the best you can do, 
it'll be okay. I'm just not sure it's going to be enough to get them over the edge uh, in the playoffs. But that's that's where they are. They're not going to reach this higher level of of play that I think Brad was entering the season thinking they were capable of. If anything, it's, they're not playing they're, as well as they did last year at this time yeah. without Kyrie. With but Kyrie, same, it's different. I get it. It's different, yeah. but they're not, yeah. they played better without him at this. I'm just saying the team in general, the way it was performing, you know, the way they pulled together, the way, just everything. They're, they were a better team last year without Hayward and Kyrie. But they also, at this stage. Yeah, but they didn't have, that's, that's going to be what's going to be thrown out, right? Is that, you know, let's say they don't go as far. Well, they're not as good as last year's team. Last year's team, uh, I don't think there's no one that they had to play last year that was anywhere near as good as I'd say at least you could say the, the, the Bucks. I was going to say Milwaukee. At least yeah. those two are better than anybody they played last year in the playoffs, yeah. including the, including the Cavaliers. I, I I could argue that that Philly is better than last year's Cavaliers team. Uh, I won't say Indiana's better, but but we'll see very soon. I mean that that but they can't beat the, the lesser teams. That's important. They drop it to the lesser teams. That's the issue, and that's why that's why it's like such an unknown heading into the postseason because there's like this element of you that says, "Well, we've seen them fight against the better teams. Yeah. They fight harder than they do against the lesser teams." It's their nonchalant attitude around the lesser teams, like, like almost like they're already LeBron. You know, they're already those teams that would just walk through the the regular season and say, "Don't worry about it. We'll get it right in the postseason." Da 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 da. Like they feel like they can do that, but they can't. This team is not ready to do that. This team is not experienced enough to do that. And as great as Kyrie is, he's still not LeBron James, and so he's not able to do that. You can follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore Tweet Live. You can follow me at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke. And the entire CLNS Media Network at CLNS Media. Facebook.com slash CLNS fans. And download the CLNS Media app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace. YouTube.com slash CLNS Media for high-definition, full-length locker room interviews and the Garden Report. And and so, John, here – this is the last uh, show of the regular season, right? So uh, there's really only about seven or eight days left. There's four games. Um, I'm just – I'm done talking about the regular season. So the next time we speak, we're going to be either previewing or a game into the postseason, depending on how all that shakes out. Um, I have a feeling we'll be able to preview the season before it gets rolling. But either way, um, I'm looking forward to putting this one in the books. Do you think they can hit 50 wins? Because it's basically going to require them to win out. Um, and I'm not sure that they can hit. I, look, we could look at the schedule and we could look at the teams and, you know, they could they could all be, you know, the worst team in the league. And I still wouldn't be confident in 50 wins. But what, what do you think the odds are while I pull up the schedule? I think they're 50-50. I think they're higher than you'd think. Even though that they're so inconsistent, I say it's 50-50. You're I, ludicrous. I, you, well, dude. Okay, well, I, so they I got a rematch about, against Miami. So, yep. okay. So that one, that one right there, you have to put them at 50-50 for losing. 
just because yep. they gave Miami some hope in this game. And Miami says, well, as long as we don't give them a 36-point first quarter, you know, you know, like you said, it's like the little D'Angelo Russell floater. And the next thing you know, everybody's going off. You know, this is just in the larger context. Then they got the Pacers, who are going to definitely be punching back and fighting and scrapping for playoff position. So I think the Celtics beat that one. But by the way, I think they actually beat Indiana. And then, then they have a let game down game against Orlando and uh, lose to the Wizards. I think they go one and three. I don't think there's any, well, I mean, if we're going to go there, I don't think there's any way they lose to the Wizards. Wizards want, they want a draft pick. They're, they're out of it. Um, yeah, but if they're already at that point, last game of the season, yeah, position but, settled. That's, uh, that's it. That's it. That's the whole thing right there. See, you lull yourself into believing that, but one for posterity's sake, okay. if their well, draft position is settled, is totally doable. Well, look, it may it may actually benefit the Celtics to lose that game, um, but I'm going to say you want to beat Washington, and let me tell you why. So right now, Washington is tied for the eighth-worst record with New Orleans, and Half a game ahead of them or behind them, I guess in seventh spot is Memphis. Yep. And know. then Midallas is only a full game ahead of them. So you've got six, seven, eight, and nine, which are all bunched with a game between them. The Celtics do not want that Memphis pick. So if Memphis gets down to eight or nine, they're getting that pick. So it really benefits the Celtics to make sure the Washington Wizards Stay at nine. You do not want them getting any higher up than nine, uh, or at least at the very but least. Nobody on the Memphis Boston Celtics roster cares. Well, but you want to make sure you win that game, I guess. And the Celtics need everything they do can do to get some positive momentum going. I mean, frankly, that's one thing that they should have been doing or need to be doing throughout this run. And I could see, yes, they may sit some of their starters. I mean, they're going to play that Indiana game full force. Uh, they need to get that game. They yeah, that's probably look. the last decent game worth watching, right? Yeah. And so <laughs> you say you say 50-50, right, yeah. barely worth watching. Which seems you, crazy to you think that they would win five in a row. That they w- yeah. It no. seems crazy to think they'd win five in a row, but – I don't know. I, you know, look, they have yeah, I well, think, but why I think not? two and two is the best case, and I think one and three is the most likely. If I were putting money on it, that's probably where I'd go, but I'm not putting money on it. I, I, I just think that all it, three- it hinges on that. It hinges on the Indiana game, too. Because if they lose the Indiana game, and especially if they lose the game before that and Indiana wins, and they got, you know what I mean? Like at that point, it's like, screw it, right? At that point, I don't know. I don't think they'll ever, I don't think they'll be that far away from that four seed until they get to the final day. Truthfully, I don't th- I don't think they'll Indiana hasn't played that great. I mean, Indiana won tonight uh, as we're recording this uh being the pace, the Pistons but but you know, Blake didn't play. So Indiana has Indiana has been as bad after the All-Star break as the Celtics have been. So I don't think I think they're going to go neck and neck right to the wire. You know, it's just getting that win in Indiana will really create that gap that you need. Um, I, I just, I think it's, I think it's one of those things. And I don't think any of those teams are good. They're, they're ready made for the Celtics to, to tank themselves in the third quarters of all of them. <laughs> so, you know, you're right. If, if current form 
is uh, holds true, then yeah, one in three, that's probably the safest bet if you're putting money on it. I'm just looking at it. So that means we're going to play Milwaukee no matter what. I mean, that's where we're at. If they get out of that first round and they beat Indiana. I think that's what you want. Yeah, I think that we did say that, you know, because of the yeah. Kawhi factor. Like that's kind of how we were, how we were looking at it. But, but the injuries too. It's not even the Kawhi. Oh, that's it's true. Yeah. Brogdon, you're right. Brogdon's out. Miritich is out. I mean, that's to me the Bucks. I mean, you don't want to ask to face the Bucks. You so do you want Philly? Do you want Philly or Toronto then? Oh, well, of course. Philly, right? Philly. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Okay. You know, I think that's, I Dude, think in this, a way this, it lines this is up. a crazy perfectly. world that we're in. You could just, you could just see us talking ourselves into NBA finals, right? It's just, well, this is the path, right? Boston, even in the five seed, they're good enough to beat Indiana because Indiana has been as bad as Boston. Then they face Milwaukee and maybe they get a little spirited and they shake the rust off against Indiana in a seven game series. And then Milwaukee's got the injuries. And so, that it's tight, you know, hotly contested matchup, but somehow Boston does the underdog deal and then Philly upsets Toronto and Boston's got Philly's number. Al Horford goes bananas again. And the next thing you know, the Celtics are in the finals. Like that's, that's how silly this could get. It could, well, it could literally go like that. I mean, just going back, if you wanted the symmetry of 2010 too, you know, they ended up, they played like garbage. Uh, they end up in a four five. They whoop up on the heat in five games, which was not a great heat team, but they were okay. You know, uh, they whoop up on them in five games, end up playing the Cavs who were world beaters, kicking everybody's butt all season long and take them in six with the, with the, um, you know, probably the best player on the planet at the time. And then that sets them up to play the Magic, which they've played them in six. But to me, that was like the perfect layout of how the series could go. And not to say anything about how poor I think of how the Celtics have finished this season. The playoffs lined up themselves well in 2010. They're lining up well here in 2019, I think, for something. Now, Celtics are going to have a lot to say about what that means. But at the very least... There's not a lot that's gone the Celtics' way this season. I mean, if you look at it, you know, Brad doesn't seem terrible. that upset though. Have you noticed that too? Like no. the April Fool's interview with with Scal before the game got started, he's really light. You know, he's joking around about how you know he set his daughter up. I think I can't remember how old she is, but he set his daughter up for April Fools and said there was like a water sprinkler break at the school and so they couldn't go and he's laughing about that and then he's like but the irony is the reason we're doing the interview right here is because then later on there really was a water sprinkler break or a water break right near my office and so you know he's like that's just karma this season or whatever so it's almost you know or he just said that's karma but you know that's kind of like he's really light I, I almost feel like he's not worried about it, which I think is bizarre because, or maybe he's just so done with the negativity. You know what I mean? That he's just risen himself above it so that he's just not dealing with it anymore. It's not worth it to him. It's, it's not going to help anything. And this is where they're at, but I'm really surprised at how kind of lighthearted he is because Brad's gotten pissed before. Like he can be stressed. It's not like, you know, breaking Brad 
was a face, that's a face. So I just I find it odd that he's so light, especially with a nine eleven record down the stretch. Yeah, I well, I I don't know that he's been pretty critical. I think his language has been pretty critical. I think he's trying not to let all of everything weigh out on him all the time. I mean, not to say that I, I feel like we we look at everything he does, and he's been so stoic and so. Um, you know, stone faced throughout his career, uh, in Boston that everything he does, it's like, Oh, you know, any sort of emotion, we're like, Whoa, Oh my gosh. You know, and I, I just think that so much of this season, we're expecting him, all of those things to weigh on him all the time. And if I think it, if it did, you know, he'd probably, you know, have resigned about 30, you know, 40 or 50 games ago. You know what I mean? Like at some point you have to kind of move on and, and you got to think he's got a, bigger plan for what this is, which I hope involves putting, you know, Mook Morris and uh, Terry Rozier on the bench for extended periods of time in the playoffs. You know, that's, that's my hope. That's my wish. That's my dream. Um, because I don't see how this team goes anywhere with those two guys playing big minutes. So you got to wonder how seriously he's taking any of this. You know, I think they want to win. I think he wants to have four seat, but at what cost, you know, is, is maybe he's just, look, let's throw this away. We'll start when it's zero zero and, and it's a new season. And maybe that's the, the reset button we've been talking about all year long that they actually And why need. fight it? You're not right. going to change it. It's so what it is. And, and maybe it'll be different in the postseason. Maybe they're, maybe they're looking at it like, you know what? There's no point in getting Kyrie injured trying to win regular season games. So let's just keep experimenting with the other players and let Kyrie do whatever he feels like he needs to do. But in the off season, we're going to lean on him so heavily that we want to kind of meter that down a little bit, the best to the best of our ability. Yeah. That could actually be a strategy because if they went into the postseason injured with those players, it's as you said, even with the way, even though the team was a better team last year in terms of their camaraderie and their sharing the ball and playing together and their energy and enthusiasm and even their record, their win total, you know, was. It could be like almost a 10 game difference. That's really wild. And, uh, but even with all of that, maybe, you know, what you said plays into this, which is, you know, you still like your team's chances better with Kyrie having the ball in his hands with the game on the line. And, um, you know, were Kyrie healthy last year? They probably would have gone to the finals with this squad, right? You would think, but who knows? Cause that's what we thought heading into this year. So it's just so screwy that way. I, I'm, I'm just ready. Just show me, you know, let's just, who cares about these final four games? Let's just get into the postseason and see what happens. Because even if they win position and get the home seed in four, you know, in the, and get the home advantage in, in the fourth seed, I still don't know that that tells us anything or gives us any additional hope or I, I just, what are they playing for at this point? Other than, you know, maybe what you said about the Memphis pick. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, you're right. They're not really playing for anything at all uh, other than getting the four seed. That's it. You know, and, and does funny. it really matter? Does it really well, matter? I mean, if you listen to what, you know, Al Horford says, you know, with some, with some regularity, it does matter. You know, is everyone else feeling that way? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that they're feeling that way. It, it's so weird. This season is so weird. It just, 
I want clarity, man. You know, last year I was looking forward to this season with such, and that's part of it. We were looking forward to this season with such anticipation because we were robbed of it last year with that injury, you know, with those injuries, you know, and, and we were robbed of it. So we're looking ahead, looking forward to it. And it, Never delivered. The season has never delivered. It still has time to, but it, it's, it's so strange. Why? Like, how do we not know what people want, where they're going, what the, what, what the target is? You know, it's just, we're just looking for answers. You know, there's so many questions. Why is Kyrie playing this way? Why is he throwing the ball away? Why, you know, just, ah, it's so maddening. It's, it's a very difficult time to be a Celtics fan. Bottom line, it's just it's bad, you know. And you just hope that they can wipe the slate clean, you know, and get. And I think that's part of it. Is there's part of them want to wipe the slate clean, but they still have work to do to try to get the best possible position, so that when they do wipe the slate clean, they've got something to start with instead of going to the depths of okay, we're going to be on the road for three rounds in the Eastern Conference playoffs, and hopefully when we get to the finals, that's a that's a gauntlet that I'm not sure they're prepared for to uh to be successful with yeah i'm so done with it (laughs) i'm just done i mean like seriously raise your hand out there if you're done with it i mean just done yeah no it is yeah i know i know and that's and that's partly why it's our last show of the regular season i know because i can't because we want to be done legit cannot do this another week i feel like i've been having i feel like we've done the same show four weeks in a row right oh the underachieving Celtics. 20 weeks in a row (laughs) yeah 20 weeks right but but even then, we're like, "Oh, where's the where's the silver lining?" Or Jalen Brown's playing really well. Well, Gordon, Gordon Hayward post concussion, uh, you know, looks like he's getting back on track. And but you know, it, it's overlaid with what happened to Scary Terry. You know, he was so much fun. And then you know, Marcus Morris, who was lighting up at the beginning of the season, he gets replaced in the lineup against Miami. More so, I, I, I suppose, because of Miami, but. You know, seeing Aaron Baines back out there. I mean, Aaron Baines seems to be getting a little bit healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, then the back spasms for Brown, like maybe we won't even see Jalen Brown play the rest of the season. Maybe they'll just let him rest it up and be ready to go. Like, it's- well, I don't, no, nah, I don't think so. I, don't, I think this, this is just a one off. You know, I think it's just get him healthy. You know, he's, he hasn't, he hasn't sat out in a long, long, long time. You know, he's been playing almost every day. So, I think everyone's going to get some rest from here and there. I mean, I wouldn't be, you know, we didn't have Kyrie this weekend. You know, I think there'll be a couple, like you said, the Orlando game, that Washington game. Those are a couple of those. I think they probably circle in the calendar to say, look, we really don't need you guys in those games. Maybe even the Miami game down in Miami, you know, uh, last time they went to Miami or you could say when they went to LA, things got a little, um, out of control. Uh, it seems, or at least the focus wasn't really on the floor. Um, let's hoping that their next trip to Miami is a little better than the last trip of Miami where, you know, we obviously had the shove there between Jalen and Mook and you know, that was just a, you know, another, another poor situation. Um, I, I'm just, yeah, I hear you. We're, we're done with that. But, yep. but, but what do we do? Like, that's the question is like, what do we do? What, how is Terry, you know, how far out of it can Terry be? You know, do you need it? Is it just spot minutes? Can you play Kyrie 40 minutes a night? That's what he wants. Um, but can you get the most out of the Celtics if Kyrie's playing 40 minutes when he hasn't done it all year? 
The answer is pretty simple. You can do it if you sweep everybody or win in five. Yeah. And and your Eastern Conference opponent, that 2B, is going seven. Like, you need the extra nights. But it is different in the postseason. A lot of time off between the games. A lot of time to strategize. A lot of time in the film room. So it is it is a different – it's a whole different approach. It could change a lot of things, you know, just their game planning and their preparation. And, you know, it's just one team that they're preparing to play over and over and over and over. And then it comes down to execution. Execution's been the issue, but it might be a different game plan every single night. Um, it might be, you know, just different attitudes and the travel and the family and the focus and all of that. And in the postseason, things do tend to change. People's um, effort level—that's what needs to. Te- that's what needs to change. This, this, this like easy slippage of the effort level, the lack of focus, how quickly they fall out of doing the right things. You know, I'll end it on this. Tommy Heinsohn in the first quarter was so excited. He's like, "Oh, nothing I love better than the outlet pass and then pushing it up the court." You know, like. You know, that we all feel that way. We all feel that way. You know, even that little behind the back little flip pass of Kyrie's on the, you know, loose ball, you know, turnover that flips it down and, and Tatum's got it and then he oops it up for, I think it was Horford, right? Over, uh, over Olenek. You know, that kind of stuff, man. That's fun basketball. That's what we want to see. I'll, I'll, if they'll push like that, even if they lose, I'll take it. I'll take it. But, you know, this kind of like boar fest three-pointer, no movement, well, not forcing turnover stuff is just here, for the birds. Here's here's my biggest complaint. Uh, listen, hey, guys, you got a two-on-two break. How about you just try to score two-on-two, right? I've seen enough of the – um, even, you know, it's, it's two on two, it's three on three, it's one on one and pulling it out. Yeah. They don't finish to strong. Yep. They don't go, finish strong. Go to the corner, try to find somebody and then take a shot. So we had, we had two on two tonight where Gordon and Terry had, the, had it on the two on two, right? They dribble it out. It ends the quarter with a Mook Morris three with a hand in his face. Now I haven't looked at the numbers. I don't know what. Transition situations when it's even, even numbers, but there's no way. There's <laughs> yeah. no way, right? There's no way that you can tell me the NBA players getting either a layup or at least two shots, a two shot, you know, free throw situation is better than a three pointer through your regular conventional. Isn't offense. better, right? I can't believe. Right. I can't no, believe it. I can't play. believe that's a better play. Way, I think every every time, and and they do it all the time. Yeah. And, and, okay. They, if they if fail I'm wrong, on aggressive, if I'm wrong, fine. Then I'll, I will accept the analytics numbers that tell me otherwise. I really will. But to me, that is, that is part of the issue. Like with this team is how many times throughout this season they get the break, they go, they go, well, it's not really there. Like it's because the hole, it's man. Because it's half and a half. You can't have a half court guy running with a full court guy and not expect. It, no, that, no, 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 no. That's not it. That's not it at all. That's that's. I I don't think that's about. If Jalen Brown court. is on the attack in the second half of the season, 
then he's absolutely going to the rack. He's not the one usually carrying the ball, though, in those instances. You're yeah. right. If Jalen's if Jalen's handling the ball, he's going to the rack. You're absolutely yep. right. Yep. But but the number of times it could be Terry, it could be Gordon, it could be it could be Kyrie, it could be any of these guys. Usually Kyrie. Will I wonder try. if they're going to keep Brown. But, but why? Why yeah. do they do that? Someone needs to explain that to me. I bitched about it tonight on Twitter. I still think it's an issue. It's like those are those easy. You get the turnover. You're in transition. You've got you've got Tatum does it a lot too. That's a situation you have got to go to the rim and try to get free throws at the very least. You know, you get them in the in the bonus. You get some. Yeah, the some refs, the officials tend to reward you for that stuff. They too. do. You know, when you when you take the contact and then you're forcing other players into mm-hmm. foul trouble, which means their coach has to make adjustments and all of that. And you know, it's just it's. I'm fine with finding the trailer three or you know the 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 secondary break. I'm fine with all that. I'm just not fine. Yeah, with, much more fine with, with the secondary. Dribble break. It out. Yeah, dribble it out and and reset the offense. Give me a break. Get let the let the defense get a chance to get set. Yeah, yeah. All right, last question, and then I'm closing this. And this is going to be this. Your answer has to be less than sixty seconds. Does Jalen Brown find his way back into the starting lineup in the postseason? Yes. Okay, I agree. Yeah, I agree. And if he doesn't. That'll be the new thing for us to complain about, and at least it'll be a new thing because we're not complaining about it right now during the regular no. season because he gets his opportunity. But what you just described is why he needs to be in the starting lineup in the postseason. They, we, the Celtics need to be the aggressor, and yep. uh, they haven't been all season long. Yep, absolutely. Agreed? Take it to him. Take it to him. Yep. Take it to him. Yep, I'm with you. This broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media Mobile app. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in, especially if you're still following the Celtics at this point. And remember that you can help support Celtics Stuff Live by tuning into the postseason on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. For staff writer... Samuel Elias. Executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso. And for my co-host John Duke, I'm Justin Poulin. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live.